All right, welcome everybody to the Force Carry Podcast. I'm Jace Cobb, and with me as always is Steve Cook and Fats from the Internet. Just finished up a tournament at Pebble, and lots of lots of things, interesting things happened in that tournament that I thought. But before we talk about that, I guess I'll catch up with my podcasting friends here. Steve, what have you been up to? Just, uh, you know, not playing golf, that's for sure. Uh, still rainy, cold. Actually, today was 75 degrees. Tomorrow will be 78 in South Carolina, but still can't play golf. I uh, purchased new golf clubs. I purchased four or five different golf apparel um, purchases from Peter Millar, Callaway, all kind of different things. It's My wife calls it retail therapy. Um, I just I got to get out there soon. Watching Pebble Beach and those beautiful scenes on the golf course did not help. Yeah, Fats, you um, getting any closer to, you know, the first day? I, I do. I, I need to get out and at least start swinging the club around a little bit soon. Even if I, even if I was playing all the time, I, there's no chance anyone's playing anytime soon around here. It's way too wet, way too much rain. I am curious to hear what you thought was interesting about the tournament because I did not watch a bit of the tournament over the weekend. I I kind of came to the conclusion or had an epiphany that I am just really not that interested in Phil Mickelson, the golfer, anymore. I love Phil, the character. I love Phil on Twitter. I love Phil off the course. But even seeing him, I was, I was checking scores on uh, Shot Tracker app and just keeping up with things. But even seeing Phil that close to the lead, I just was not that interested in watching any of the tournament. I hate the three-course setup. I hate uh, the amateurs out there dicking around, slowing everything down and getting in the way. And not even the beauty of Pebble could get me interested enough to actually watch much of it over the weekend. Hmm. Well, we had a – Steve, I finally got a chance to play uh, a typical – very atypical, but – Typical in the sense that weird weather is uh, often happens out here. Last Wednesday, it snowed nine inches in Midland, um, the biggest amount of snow since 1933. And Sunday, it was 76, and I was playing golf. And then tonight, it's supposed to snow again. So that's that's been the uh, weather this week. But I did get to get out on the course and play. Um, I actually I played like 15 good holes and three like speed, like blow-up holes, um, which is kind of expected as little as I've been playing. But I hit it really good, so I've got some, you know, got some high hopes for the new golf season. Haven't bought anything yet. Still kind of testing the waters on some new equipment, Steve. So, you know, when I do make some equipment changes, which we'll talk plenty about equipment changes, um, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. Fats, you want to say something real quick? Were you driving it like a stallion? <laughs> uh Unlike Phil, I don't hit it farther every year. I hit it shorter every year. But uh, one could say more like a like a pony, maybe like a you know, not not a stallion, but you know, it was it was effective. I was in a lot of fairways. We'll put it that way. Steve, what do you let me tell about? you, let me, I, 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 a stallion cannot hit a golf ball. Um, there's no upper body coordination. Um, now, for, now, if they could figure that out, the leg drive would be just tremendous. Uh, the, the, the whip, but there's, they just don't have enough rotational ability in their torso. Um, it's a ridiculous metaphor and, um, it's just, 
metaphor. It's just, it's just. I mean, he's just spitting in all of our faces at this point. He Speaking is. of spitting in our faces, can I just bring something? I, I didn't realize this until this week. Okay, I, I just, I won't go a long time on. That. I hate this golf tournament. It is everything that's wrong in golf. Um, it's all of the things that are right in golf, just absolutely thrown in your face and how shitty they are. What's the worst part about playing golf? A five and a half hour round. Well, they had nothing but five and a half hour rounds. What's another part of a bad part about golf? Go into a place, uh, and there's a bunch of rich assholes, uh, acting like jerks on the golf course. Well, they had that all weekend and I, I know Bill Murray is a national treasure, and I enjoy his films, and I enjoyed him on Saturday Night Live, and he's a big South Carolina guy, lives down here. But, man, give it a rest. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, he dresses like a hobo, slows every hole down. He was throwing his putter. Uh, I, I'm sick of it. And then in this day and age, in California – the bluest of the blue states to have just a bunch of billionaire CEOs playing golf and let's show their let's show oh, he hit it to 45 feet from 150 clap for this guy yeah he needs a he needs a real you know cl- round of applause his life isn't good enough he flew there on his private jet um, it's just disgusting display of everything that's wrong in golf and uh, and I hate it and I think. I, I agree with everything you said. And the worst part of it to me is they choose, in my opinion, the greatest American golf course, no farther, no further down than the top two or three in the country and no further down than the top five in the world golf course to host this event every year. Like they, they could pick anywhere. Why we're lucky that they go to Pebble every year, but why do they have to go to Pebble with this event, play two rounds at Pebble I mean, it's just a, I agree with you. I love it because it's Pebble. I'll watch it on Sundays. I watched a little bit of Saturday. I enjoy watching Pebble. I could not care less about watching terrible golfers. I do, I do not care that they're celebrities. I do not care anything about them. I do not want to watch them play. I do not want to watch them hit balls. I do not want to watch them do anything. A part of my job is playing golf with people that are terrible at golf that I don't want to play golf with. I don't want to do that also in my free time. Like I'm not impressed uh, by Aaron Rodgers hitting the ball in the air. And you know what I mean? Like it, it does nothing for me. Uh, all that being said, there was a very interesting, I thought element to this celebrity um, event. And there's something that I, I would love to talk about if y'all don't mind. Um, one celebrity did catch my interest and I think he caught the golf world's interest. And that is Alex Rodriguez. And if you'd give me a second, I want to go through his bag. Um, that was now that was that was this that was today, wasn't it? That was, was he there at Pebble last week as well? Oh well, I could be wrong. Is he just what's he well, doing I, at Riv? Yeah, that, that I was for the celebrity was, shootout today. Yeah, I don't know if he was at Pebble, but he uh, was definitely playing in a a Tiger versus Bubba captain captaining teams of celebrities that played at Riviera. It's yesterday. like a six, it's like an eight hole little okay. loop. I misunderstood. I thought A-Rod was out at Pebble this weekend. Fine. Either way, didn't want to watch him play. Well, well before we get to A-Rod's bag then, I was going to say if you had any more thoughts on the... Uh... Well, there was another pro that was in the same group as Tiger today that made quite a scene at uh, Pebble Beach. Who's that? 
uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, sand, you know, the, he of the sandbag, uh, the guy won the golf tournament. Was it Strillman? Is that his partner? Yep. Uh, he won it last year and he was like a nine mm-hmm. and now he's at a five. First of all, shaving four strokes in a year is pretty, that's pretty difficult for a single digit handy. I mean, Jace, that's hard to do. Yeah. So it's obvious he was lying last year. Now he wins, and and granted, Streelman played his balls off, and you know they they won because he he posted a score, but he dropped four shots in a year, and still they're going to adjust his handicap, I assume. So anyway, he was in that group with Tiger's team today that was victorious in that pre-round, uh, pre-Riviera, little hit and giggle. Hmm. Did did you find anything interesting about the tournament fats from a pro level? I. I um, we're going to talk about him again. I thought some positive signs for Jordan Spieth this week. Um, Absolutely. His ball striking was still a cup, a little shaky off of the tee here and there, but especially Sunday, I believe he, he gained five something strokes on approach on Sunday. I believe he led the field strokes gained tee to green, or at least if not tee to green, that at least approach on Sunday was great around the green. And then again, just did not putt very well, but for him, you have to trust that there are going to be a few weeks this year that he just gets blackout hot with the putter. And if his ball striking, if his approach game is on point, then he's going to be just fine. He, he's never going to be the speed from 2014, 2015, but he can be a top 25 player in the world, compete in a major to um, compete at Augusta damn near every year, uh, but win a tournament every year or two and just be a consistent high level golfer. I was encouraged that there were no doubles and triples. He, he was, he was still making bogeys, but he was limiting the damage. And then he's, he's always, even when he was playing terrible, he always made just a boatload of birdies. So the scoring is still there. He just has to, take those doubles and triples down to bogeys and salvage a few more pars and he'll be just fine. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, we're losing Steve. His computer couldn't uh, handle uh, any George Speed talk. It's unbelievable. Right, right when I'm about rip Jordan Spieth, if this is big under armor interfering with our podcast (laughs) is what's going on. I'll tell you right now, and I don't care if this is recorded or not, uh, Jordan Spieth, congratulations for jumping uh, the jogger, Eric Van Royen, in the world rankings. <laughs> Big, huge accomplishment. But I'll tell you right now that don't get your hopes up here with Spieth, okay? It's, he, first, we, talk, we documented this last week. First and second round, great scoring last week. When the pressure gets on, third, ra- third and fourth round, he chokes. There was no pressure this weekend. You had Bill Murray taking a dump in a bunker, okay? <laughs> There's no pressure. This is just a practice round for him. Let's see what he does when it's an actual golf tournament and not some glorified captain's choice, you know, uh, garbage tournament. So I don't know if you missed this or not, Fats, if you got back in there, but Jordan Spieth, congratulations. You clipped the jogger, Eric Van Royen. Um, who I'm a big fan of that look, by the way. Uh, I would do it if I was younger, maybe. But come on, man. You're in between Byung-Hun An and Eric Van Royen. 
one I, shot. I think, one, one, I think one, I'm playing Eric Vendrillion on DraftKings this week, just for anybody who cares. I will say there's a little bit of pressure because I think he had to get top ten to get into the WGC uh, event. So I think he. I'm pretty sure he knew that. Regardless, okay, he hit it better. That's all I care about. I don't care about his finishes. If he starts gaining strokes with his approach shots, he can uh, win again. So that's what I was happy to see. I've got nothing else to talk about. Uh, I don't think. Oh, I do have something to talk about, Steve. We had a nice little battle for who could just be the most useless one and done golfer on Sunday because we were both sitting pretty. And I think Paul Casey shot eighty two or something on Sunday, and he was like top ten after I just said I was going to get top fifteen again. DJ out of the ball, out of the gate looked like he was going to win the tournament, and then I don't know what happened to him. I don't know who where six, you went fast. Six. I forgot who you fit, picked. But we went. I had day, and between the three of us, we went plus three, plus six, plus nine on Sunday. Oh. So I, I haven't even uh, totaled up or updated the totals. I know, I mean, I had my best finish so far with day. I mean, he, he shot three over and still finished, uh, I think, solo fourth, but could have been a much better week for all three of us. Yeah. Steve, you all, all of our guys, all of our guys will win this week now that we've already burned them. Uh, I mean, I, I want to say that uh, DJ was like five over on his last six holes, Ooh. something stupid like that. Um, whatever. Not not the first time DJ will rush to the clubhouse for some extracurricular activities. Yeah. Okay. Enough of that. We can finally get to uh, what we've been wanting to talk about, and that is Alex Rodriguez's uh, golf bag, golf setup. It's it's, I mean, I can't even put words to it. So I'm going to go through his bag real quick. I'm just going to list off um, all the clubs that I can spot myself, and then we can just kind of break them down afterwards. Y'all can give me your favorite parts, and, you know, there, there's, plenty to, there's plenty to discuss here. We'll start off um, with the driver. He's got a 9-degree Big Bertha ERC number 2. That is a non-conforming um, Callaway driver that, I mean, I couldn't even tell you when that thing came out. And he's got that wrapped in a beautiful uh, Big Bertha Hawkeye uh, head cover. Doesn't even match his driver. I don't know if he's trying to hide the fact that he's playing an illegal driver. Very on brand for A-Rod. Um, you know, just just remarkable that he's playing that driver. We'll go in order. He's also got a, what appears to be a, I don't even know what brand, a two, uh, like a Mizuno-looking blade two-iron, um, like a legit, not, not, a, not one of these new driving irons, like a legit butter knife two-iron. And then he's got four four-irons in his bag. And you may think that um, I'm not saying that right, that I'm saying that he's got a four-iron in his bag. No, he has four different four-irons in his bag. Um, let's see. He's got a Tommy Armor 845. A Wilson's Pro Staff Women's Design Four Iron, a Ping Zing Number Two, and uh, I, I can't, I can't. Is that a wishing? I can't make out the other Wilson. So Wilson. No, he's got the Wilson. I mentioned that he's got a woman's Wilson uh, Four Iron in his oh bag. Oh my God, you're right. I've already mentioned that, I, and I can't, I can't make out the. I can't make out the other one. Uh, I'll, I'll give it some more look, maybe while I ever, when you are breaking this down. We'll go from there. He's also got an 8-iron, a power-built brand that's still wrapped in plastic, and he uses it. It's an oversized 8-iron. Uh, you know, there's that. He's got the old-school brown wind grips, which I'm sure everybody's seen. 
He is a baseball bat-shaped putter. And I'm trying to get a better picture. I cannot get another picture of that four iron. Anyways, he's got seven different brands represented in his bag. I don't, I see one wedge and four four irons. Um, he's got a Titleist DCI 981 five iron and a Mizuno Tezoid six iron. Uh, those were very good clubs. E- anyway, it's, I mean, I can't even. I don't even know, Steve. Where do you start? Where do you start? Right, well, with this let's bag? just let's just start at the beginning, okay? Uh, a Rod's wealthy. Uh, he also has multiple at- endorsement contracts with different you know companies. It wouldn't be hard for him to get a brand new set of clubs every year delivered. People would love to give him free stuff. This looks like the kind of set you would get if you sent a orangutan to a. Multi, like a a garage sale, and you're just like, just grab one of everything, one of one club out of every bag you see. I mean, the, some of these clubs are 25 years old. If he's serious, the guy's off mentally. I don't believe that. Maybe he's trolling. You know, uh, that Hopefully. driver, the driver that he has, was one of the first non-conforming drivers that came out after the whole like driver thing, and, and it was a big source of controversy at the time. Uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, said that can kind of came out because he was getting paid by Callaway and said, eh, this shit, it's bullshit. They try to ban these drivers. So maybe he's trying to make a deep, um, you know, real, you know, serious comment on the structure of the current golf game. But more than likely, he just literally has never played golf and he just, I don't know, grabbed his gardener's golf clubs. A green dot. Uh, ping iron too. I mean, that's pro- that's got to be the most uncommon uh, <laughs> color. I mean, there's just it's know. bizarre. It's that bizarre. Is a, there's no that is a Mizuno. That is a Mizuno two iron. He's got a bladed Mizuno two iron, the exact same ones Tiger played with in '97 at the Masters. I mean, it, it's a butter knife, uh, and he's got a woman's uh, Wilson four iron. That's I, I know equipment is not necessarily your forte, but. Please tell me this isn't what your bag looks like when you start playing against no, it. No, it, it is not. My bag is infinitely better than a Rise. It's interesting that you mentioned the two iron because I know nobody has a one iron anymore. But few people even have a two iron anymore. But there, there are a couple of just kind of, I don't know if you want to call them golf cliches or whatever that you hear, but uh, just things where it's like it, if a guy can hit, if a guy has a one iron in his bag, and or a two iron in his bag, but actually plays it and can hit it, then you probably want to look out for that guy. And then we, you hear the thing about people want their name or the the fact that someone has their name on their bag. He's got a name on his club. It, his putter is a baseball bat shaped putter <laughs> that actually says a rod on it. So it, he's got his name on his club, not just on his bag. I, I asked both of you uh, through text when we first started seeing this that uh, going back to our discussion months ago, but if you're on the first tee and a guy walks up carrying this bag, like what is your initial reaction when you just get paired with someone random? And then uh, a second question was how many strokes aside do you think you would give a rod and feel comfortable that you would still beat him just by looking at his bag um 
first to answer your first question, I have no earthly idea what I would do if I got paired with somebody with that bag. Um, Probably wearing blue jeans. Yeah, I mean, what do you? I would take a picture. I would take a picture of his bag. I'd probably just encourage him uh, with my personality. I'd probably just, you know, try to build him up and and just overdo it. Um, tell him I really love his bag. I'd probably ask him specific questions about each of his clubs. I'd probably I'd probably uh, take ask that if he route. could borrow some plug. Like, you mind if I hit that one? Yeah, uh, tell, just tell take, him I think take one of your four irons out of your bag and let me hit it. Tell him I think it's a good idea. Some of the stuff he's doing, and I'm going to try it myself. I mean, I'd probably take that route with my personality. Um, how many strokes did I give a rod at Riviera? I've never played Riviera. I would have. I mean, well, I, I know you've played Pebble, so let's go back to last week. What do you think about Pebble? Twenty aside, and I don't know if I'd beat him, but just looking at that bag. Uh, I feel, com- I feel with somebody that uh, he can't know the rules. He can't play by the rules. He, he's never probably played around where he's had to make every putt. If we're playing by the rules and we're playing from the same tees and he's got to putt everything out, the wind's blowing like it was at Pebble on Sunday. There's no way he's breaking 130. But you also know he cheats. <laughs> you know that he is cheats. True. That is true. 30, I, some, I don't know, 15 or 20 aside. I mean, I, I feel... He would shoot somewhere between 115 and 130. Um, yeah, I could probably swing that. It would at least be competitive. He might click, clip me, whatever, but it would not be a foregone conclusion either way. I'd set his over-under at somewhere around 120. You know, that'd put me at shooting 80. So, you know, you, some, you some, would, somewhere around that. You would gladly take a take a loss from A-Rod, giving him 20 aside. Speaking of, I'd probably give David Duvall six shots aside. What did he shoot? <laughs> What was he? What we texted that? What was I? His? I stopped. I stopped looking midway through the round on Friday because it was getting sad. Oh my goodness! I, I got to go back and find that text. He was. Steve, go ahead and give your thoughts on that bag while I dig it. I just thought. Around. I thought you you missed a couple of things. I just wanted to throw out okay. there. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah, he did have four four irons. You are correct, but he also had two five irons. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which sort of explains that uh, another thing, he cheats with the driver, but he also had 16 clubs in his bag. That's not allowed. <laughs> so let's just put it this way. You know, we, always, we often talk about how the five iron, four iron game is almost non-existent in professional golf. Again, maybe this is his just statement, you know, that he's just protest, his silent protest on whether, you know, golf, what golf should be. He also, if you look closely at one of the pictures, he has 16 clubs, a driver with a head cover. The Callaway head cover does not match the driver. It's a different head cover. He also has one iron cover. Now, I don't know which of those clubs. <laughs> was, <laughs> be was, forged two iron, right? No, uh, the two iron shining up there. There's a, okay. there's a iron cover on one of them. I'm oh, assuming maybe that's, maybe that's another five iron. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, it, it, just in case you are wondering. Oh God! It, I wish you had it, an alignment stick cover. Got one of Just in case you were wondering if this was all a big hustle and this guy, he said he this this guy followed him for five holes and the ball never got more than five feet off the ground. Oh, so yeah. So he's not good. Um. Anyway, I I just. 
let's just say if you've got a bag with 16 clubs and six of those are four and five irons, um, you're either a hustler and you're trolling everybody or you're a clueless idiot. Just let me remind you that last year, A-Rod had a rental car that he randomly parked on a side of a street in San Francisco near, near the park. Somebody broke in, which is apt to happen in San Francisco, and they stole $500,000 worth of jewelry from his backseat. So maybe they stole his golf clubs, too. And I mean, I kind of admire it. Okay, he's getting, he gets offered to go play Riviera. Great course, great event. Somebody that has the amount of disposable income A-Rod has, it is nothing for him to walk in to a golf galaxy and say, give me a bag of golf clubs, whatever. Okay, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket for him. He knew that he was A-Rod. He knew his, um, his, what his wealth is, what people think of him. And he still showed up to the tournament with those clubs. I don't care who you are. That It's almost somewhat endearing because... I mean, I, it'd be, I, I'm trying to think of what it would be like. I'm trying to think of a sport that I've never played um, where they have certain equipment, whatever. If somebody invited me to do that and I had the means, I would just go buy whatever you need for that uh, event. If I was as wealthy as A-Rod, of course I would. If somebody invited me to do like a celebrity bowling event, something even as minuscule as that, I'd go have my own ball, I'd have my own shoes, I'd show up, you know, ready to go. And he just shows up there with the most pathetic group of clubs I've ever seen knowing that it was going to be a thing. So in a way I actually kind of admire it. Uh, that is the true definition of not caring. Um, so, you know, after we just bash him and ridicule his, his bags, there's, there's almost an endearing quality to that because I mean, who else would do something like that? That's got, that's in his situation. Um, I don't know. So I will, I will, I, I, we'll give him some credit there. I agree. And We've talked about a lot of different things on the pod and how a lot of whatever the mean-spirited stuff that I may say is just pure jealousy. And as much fun as I like to have at A-Rod's expense, at the same time, like how good must your life be if you have all the money in the world, you're an amazing, great athlete. Uh, he could travel and play the best 300 golf courses in the world, a different one every single day, every year that he wants to, but he has so much other stuff going on that he can't even be bothered to update his clubs in the last 15 or 20 years. Like what, what is he doing and how is he spending his time outside of whatever he's doing with JLo in retirement that he can't even be bothered to have a worthwhile set of golf clubs. I've got some breaking news here. Um, <laughs> this happens sometimes, especially when they're playing on the West Coast. Apparently, somebody has done a little digging and has a report from his round today. Would you like to hear about it? <laughs> Absolutely. Please. Okay. So, first of all, they said they weren't even sure he was going to show up. They invited him, and he kind of had a, oh, maybe, maybe, whatever. Um, so, his bag fell over. When the when the wind blew on the driving range onto the ground, that's when it was picked up, and people started taking pictures of it. Okay, that was when people were like, "What the who? This bag is this?" So, all right, so 
he starts on the range hitting balls, and this guy's analyzing his swing. He says, all right, A-Rod took some swing to grease the hinges. His first five swings struggled to elevate the ball more than a few feet. His ultra-weak grip and decelerating downswing made for inconsistent contact, but I'd cut him a break. His baseball swing asks for such significant forearm and wrist action that he's got a bit of a ceiling to break through during that last split second before the club meets the ball in this sport. That's all that seems to matter. Great. Great point. All right. When his swing worked, he hit slightly <laughs> slightly fat, soft draws and hooks. <laughs> I'm trying to rack. What is a soft? What is a slightly fat hook? All right. Anyway, uh, he seemed rather pleased. And why not? That's a very repeatable, predictable golf swing that eliminates half the golf course and the trouble associated with it. Before long, after two holes, Rodriguez and his caddy learned that the old <laughs> clubs had grips that were decaying in his hands. They were literally crumbling. The rubber was wearing away on his calluses. So after he had six holes to play, and Riviera brought him out a rental set. <laughs> Unfortunately, he never got a chance to smoke that buttery two-iron or non-conforming driver. He was given the trial bag with a new glove, and he took his new putter and left his baseball bat-shaped putter behind. So, I don't know. That is that the best thing that's going to happen on the PGA Tour all year? I mean, is it's it, not not the worst. Is it worse to have four four irons and two five irons, or be Alex Rodriguez and play with rental clubs on a Wednesday in a professional golf tournament? That's it's got to be the first time that's happened, right? Oh my God! What what? I'm just sitting here trying to think about what a fat hook, <laughs> soft hook, soft draw. <laughs> but you can. Soft. I, I, I do get. I mean, we talk about the swing a lot. I do get the whole base. You know, he's got a lot of action at the end of his swing. So yeah, that's going to be very difficult to to, to translate. But um, man, I wish there was some videotape the, of it. Apparently, there's not. The best is that most of the time he hits warm burners, but somehow he's eliminated. Half the golf course, <laughs> but I guess that doesn't include anything that's on the ground. <laughs> he can barely get the ball I, I, over. <laughs> I don't know who they played, but uh, him and Michael Pena, who's apparently a stud golfer. Who the hell's Michael Pena? What does he do? He's famous. He's actor. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, he is good at golf. No, yeah, <clears throat> they won their match five and two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so I don't know who they were playing. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at Tiger's. Team. It, it wasn't Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I'm looking at Tiger's team. It's Tiger. Fitzgerald, A-Rod, Chris Pratt, Blair O'Neill, Pena, and uh, is that K Terry uh, Slater? What's that surfer's name? Slater. Slater. Uh, Kelly, Slater. Kelly Slater. That's a pretty strong team. That's now, Tiger team. obviously stacked this team. Bubba uh, was probably playing with 14 guys he met at Waffle House last night. <laughs> oh, man. That is I'm, – I'm so glad we touched on that. I wish we had touched on it earlier. I think we have gone as deep into that as you can. Hopefully there will be some more come out. Uh, in the coming days in regards to both A-Rod's golfing and his clubs. Uh, before we do move on, I pull this up, Fats. And I know it's, it's very common for golfers to, like, discuss the possibility of or could we do this given these circumstances? Could a team of scratch golfers beat this guy in a golf tournament? I've, I'm guilty of it myself of just watching some pro guy play bad and be like, I could play with him today. In all, in all likelihood, you can't. I mean, that's just me 
just talking to talk. I mean, these guys are incredible. However, I fully, completely, 100% believe, and I may be wrong, and I may would lose a lot of money betting this, but this is not just me saying this to say it. It's not me trying to brag about my golf game because my golf game is not very good. It has nothing to do with anything, but I honestly believe I could beat David Duvall in golf. And I'm not just saying that because it's funny to say that, and I'm not, I, I truly mean it. Like a lot of times we say, like even last year, I mean, I could beat Spieth right now. No, I couldn't. He'd kill me. He'd give me five strokes aside at his worst, and he'd beat me. David Duvall was 22 over through 27 holes last week. That, um, like I can't, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine how bad that is. He would not have been the best player of the celebrities if they played a straight-up tournament. Um, I don't know that he would be top three or four. That is, I don't know how it's gotten this bad. I don't know how, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. He's going to play in the British Open this year. And he, I mean, he's out there shooting 45, 46 at Pebble or Spyglass or wherever he's playing. I've played those courses. I mean, that's whatever. I mean, I, I can see how you can have some big numbers, but over a 27-hole stretch to be 22 over par is, that's really bad. And I don't even know why he puts himself through it anymore. And I'm sure he can go out and shoot, you know, some good scores at his local course sometimes, probably, whatever. But that is that uh that goes to show you how I guess how hard it is to come back from being bad at golf, how hard PJ tour golf can be to somebody like it. I don't know what it shows you. That's that's horrible. And I don't know what he's gonna shoot at the open championship this year. It's gonna be a huge number. I hope he doesn't even play because I mean he's got no business being out there shooting upper eighties, low nineties probably. I mean he withdrew. No telling what he would have shot, uh, if he had to be out there around again. I don't know. Steve, do you have any thoughts on on even him playing in professional golf tournaments, taking invites? I mean, I just don't – I would do it. Like, I get one side of it. If you're going to invite me to play at the Open Championship and I've won there, I'm going to play in it, uh, I think. And it's it's your right to play in it. But, I mean, at some point you got to say, what I – mean, you, you know what else? you just go embarrass your, yourself? You know what else is your right to do? Is to um... – grab your knee and roll around the ground like Jason Day and get the hell out of there. Nobody would bat an eye at it. They'd be like, he's old as shit. Let him get out of here. How he fin- he finished the round? I, think, I mean, I don't know when he withdrew. He withdrew at some point. I don't know which round it was. Uh, just, I mean, uh, what did he think he was going to do after he shot an 85? Go back out there tomorrow and shoot a 61? That's the thing about professional golfers too. And I mean, it's, it's the thing about golfers in general. I mean, I bet you he was striping her on the range. I bet you he thought that he had his best. He finally had figured something out. He was going to go out there and show people. And then he gets out there and just melts down. Uh, he certainly didn't think he was going to go shoot 86 or whatever he shot. Or he wouldn't have played. You know what I mean? Like he had to, no, in absolutely. his mind, think there was a chance that he could get hot and like make a cut or something. And I mean, what does that do? I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. How, how does he get on TV and start telling people, oh, well, if Jordan Spieth can just figure out his short iron game. If I'm Trevor Illman, I just backhand him. And I'm just like, <laughs> shut up, Duval, you oh, douche. That's so bad. And he was so good. Anyways, it's just weird to watch because you don't really see that. You have never seen it before. I can't think of another example of somebody his age going out and playing in tour events occasionally 
and just being horrendous. Like you see the old guys come to the Masters. I'm not talking about that. It's a whole different thing. It's, it's not Sandy Lyle. How old is Duvall compared to Phil? I mean, is 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 Might Phil older than Duvall? Like it's I not like so. he's too old to be out there competing. I mean, it's it's staggering how bad he is, and I don't know why he puts himself through it. Obviously, he th- thought he was going to play better. Maybe he won't anymore. Maybe that's a sign. I get. I mean, I hey, say we, that. Do we? But I don't know. He's forty-eight. Did we talk about the whole Duvall Spieth comparison last week? I can't remember if that was offline or on this podcast. No, but we can. But uh, Duvall might be the be- best in that. Now, Duvall never hit the heights that Spieth hit, but it might be the best analogy to uh, to Spieth falling off the planet. I sa- I've said this before. I know y'all are both Spieth lovers, and you can't wait to see him pop back up. <laughs> I don't but, think Fats is. Well, I, I mean, you can't... Uh, uh, you cannot name another golfer who was elite and dropped off the face of the earth and came back without an injury, you know, like Tiger or Ben Hogan or somebody. It's never happened. Nobody has ever lost their game due to mental issues and, and recovered it. I mean, you could say somebody like Brendan Todd or whatever, but that's that doesn't count. Um, I think Duvall's the best comparison to Spieth. He was on top of the world and literally fell off a planet. It would be a much bigger fall if Spieth ended up like Duvall. Um, Spieth, but now I, I, I've said before, Duvall's one of the best ball strikers ever in his prime, but he was never the player that Spieth is. So for Spieth to end up like Duvall, um, yeah, I mean, that'd be the biggest, you know, but again, I'm not going to sit here. There are definitely some similarities. Um, one difference is Spieth still plays good golf. Um, Duvall Flat couldn't play golf, period, once he lost it. Couldn't couldn't play at all. Shot terrible scores. Spieth still plays some good golf. He just has a, you know, he has to throw some bad golf in there. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody that was really good and fell off and then became good again. You know, Martin Keimer's a weird golfer like that. It's not the same, but he's weird to me. Like, he looks like one of the best golfers in the world. Then he disappears for three years. Then he comes back and looks like one of the best golfers in the world. Then he disappears for three or four or five years. Um, Not really the same either. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to run through your examples of people that have kind of lost it and come back that, you know, win majors and are like in that stratosphere. And there's, I mean, that's. He could be a more extreme version of Duvall before it's all said and done. I don't think he will be, but if he falls off and never wins again or wins one more tournament or or whatever, I mean, yeah, that'd be – he'd way eclipse Duvall. I mean, Spee's in the Hall of Fame already. I mean, he's got 10 wins and three majors. Who's not in the Hall of Fame with those numbers? And for somebody to, to fall off the map and never compete again at 25 or 6 or whatever, I don't think he will. But if he did, yeah, that – That'd be unprecedented. I mean, I don't even be more so than Duvall, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Fats, you got anything else on that? Because I've got to take this in a drastically different direction in a minute because I just have seen something that has changed my life. Well, just real quick, I I can't think of anyone that was major championship caliber. And there are guys that came onto the tour – lost their card early in like their first year or two and then came back and had great careers after that. Uh, like Kuchar lost his card 
after I think his first or second year. Justin Rose turned pro, missed whatever it was, like his first 18 cuts in a row and worked his way back. But never someone that was the number one player in the world fell off and then came back to be another a top 10 golfer or whatever you want, uh, whatever criteria you want to use for that. But now I enough of that. I'm just dying to hear what you have next, Steve. Okay. All right. Um, this is something that, uh, you know, I, some people have Google alerts for their own name. You know, some people like want to know about something's happening with their company. I've kind of got a red flag out there for Bryson content. And I don't know how this, today's February 11th. This is from February 10th. And, um, it is a picture or a, a short video on Twitter. I re- just tweeted it at your Twitter handle, Jace, which is Force Carry Cobb. Yeah. Force Carry Cobb. Okay. K will be. It is Bryson standing behind Chris Pratt, giving him pointers on the range. I'm only assuming that he picked. Pratt out of all of the celebrities because he felt like he was the one that could closely, most closely match his girth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, watching, I mean, Chris Pratt's not an unathletic guy, but you know, it's funny watching a guy like that swing and, you know, um, Bryson just giving him a little, it, it just a slightly sign. It looked like he was giving him sort of a scientific sort of follow through thing. But it led me to think about what what celebrity pro pairing. I mean, would you? I mean, Bryson Chris Pratt is pretty strong, isn't it? I mean, uh, that's what I would think that that he's going to gravitate towards, unless it was like a power lifter. You know, I mean, I just you got to watch the video. Uh, Who else? What celebrity would be paired with a golfer? What's the best pairing? You know, I don't mean who's going to win. I mean. To, to just the best personality fit, yeah. Um, off the top, I'm thinking me and Webb. Like, if this podcast gets big <laughs> enough, like, apparently, or not, not apparently, like, eventually, I play in a pro-am somewhere, just me and Webb, just tear it up. That would be uh, the n- obvious number one. Uh, I can't How many think high of a few fives? others. How many high fives do you give each other that day? Uh, not enough. Who? <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt and, uh, you know, Bryson would be a strong pairing. I'm trying they're to both, think of, they're both, they're both MAGA. They got a lot in common, you know, well, and I'm, I'm trying Under not the radar. to be political, but I uh, try not to be political, but I also was thinking Trump and Bryson just seems like that would be the right pairing. Um, it would be, um, that would be a strong pairing. I don't, I'm trying to think of one for Brooks cause we always do the Brooks Bryson thing. Um, they're easy to go against. Who would who would Brooks like to? It'd be it'd be one of like the heartthrob guys. He'd like to get in, in that and like dress like him and and do all. You know what I mean? One of the younger, like popular. He, he's going to bump off Justin actor Rose musician and, or something like and, that and and start pairing with JT. Yeah, that's a much better pairing yeah. with Timberlake that, than Justin Rose is. The Justin Rose Justin Timberlake thing has never really made much sense to me. No. I'll Some, tell you if the if the Rock played golf, you know Bryson would be on his jock hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no doubt. I would I would think Brooks would go more towards the. Eh, he might go athlete though, you know. Or you, if we want to bring some wrestling into this, you know how every once in a while, the the two guys are in a feud, 
and they go and pull someone like a friend from their opponent's past. And now it's all of a sudden, oh, look who I have on my side. Bryson is going to get Bill Nye the science guy or not Bryson. Brooks is going to grab Bill Nye the science guy. (laughs) And that is going to be his uh, partner when he's facing off against Bryson. Oh yeah, no. That or is... or Neil Degra- Neil deGrasse Tyson. I know he wrestles, but does he play golf? Mm. Yeah. Who who would Bryson get for Brooks? Who would? I wonder who he would be jealous of. Some kind of uh... Chase. <laughs> Chase. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of no, some kind no, of baseball no. player. I don't, it's I don't know. it's it's he's gonna make DJ come out there and play <laughs> as a celebrity and just exploit their past relationship. Yeah. That's a, that is a really good one, Steve. That, the Bash Brothers, he breaks them up to, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, you know what? Brooks and Mark McGuire would be a hell of a, a twosome. I don't know if Mark McGuire plays golf, but, you know, these both guys who are going to be broken down in their old age because of steroid use. <laughs> Speaking of, we'll save this for later, but I think me and Steve have both touched on this, and I've said this for years, and I shouldn't say years, However long Olympic golf's been a thing, however many years that's been, I guess it's been years, these pro guys aren't going to play in the Olympics. They don't want to get drug tested. It's a conspiracy theory that I've brought out uh, to y'all a while back. Um, There's just a conspicuous number of people that you, it was convenient in Rio not to go there for whatever, you know, third world reasons, yada, yada, yada. Everybody's like, oh, cool, you know, whatever. That makes sense. I can see that. It doesn't have anything to do with that. These people don't want to get drug tested. Um, there is rampant HGH use on PGA Tour, other kinds of stuff. You're not going to see, you're not going to see these guys just sign up for it. I do not think personally. I think I don't think any of these guys want to go through Olympic drug testing. I don't think they want to have to go through that. Uh, the people that did do it, you know, or just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on what happens. Yeah. Keep an eye on what people start looking like. You know, LeBron was a 260-pound freight train until they started testing for HGH, and he dropped like 40 pounds uh, after that. If well, you see I, Brooks start slimming up, you see Rory slimming up, you see him lose some muscle mass before the Olympics and they play in it, just just pay attention to that, and we'll definitely be touching on this more in the coming uh, you know, golf season for sure. I think, I think you're dead on in a lot of different ways, and I'll tell you right now that if you think it's a coincidence – that the Zika virus kept those guys from Rio de Janeiro. I think Bryson might have something to do with the coronavirus, keeping people from going to Asia later this year, because who's going to want to go to Asia? I mean, I wouldn't go to Asia right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly what the virus is or why or whatever, but um, just Bryson is a scientist. He's obviously on PEDs. It just, Connect the dots, people. It's not that difficult. Uh, I can see where this is heading. All of this is setting up for the world's cleanest golfer, Webb Simpson, to win a gold medal. Not because if you're worried, if you, yeah, if you're worried about guys who are doing a little something extra with their body, you're not worried about Webb. You're not worried about JT. So those are two guys that you probably can feel pretty safe would pass whatever drug testing they're going to be implementing. Who competed in the Olympics? Uh, so the the top three were uh, Rose, Kucher, and Stinson. Kucher, that genetic jackhammer. I don't think yeah. you have to worry None about None of those guys are Roy Uh 
Stinson is the only one, but I, he's just old man strength. I don't think he has any I'm, HBH I'm going the same on forever. I'm guessing no KJ Choi. <laughs> or no, Y-A. Y-A. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no no power lifters from South Korea. Oh, that's good. Who? No, it it is a weird juxtaposition. Like, I mean, it's it, they they actually it's a a hardcore testing regimen there, and you know, that's uh, it's it's a great point. Um, let's see. It was Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed, and Matt Kuchar represented the United How States How can we team. forget Ricky? He had to get the Olympic rings tattooed on his arm, so no one will ever forget that he was an Olympian. Yeah. So we'll, we, I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how this shakes out. I think the convenient excuse this year was going to be a condensed schedule, uh, Ryder Cup, Yada yada yada, blah blah blah. But you'll start seeing some schedules. Pay attention, uh, some things. Pay attention to who's in, who's out. Pay attention to what those people look like, and pay attention to what excuse they come up with this year because it was real convenient um, last time. It's not going to be as convenient this time. I think you're going to start connecting some dots in in I, terms of drug testing. Two guys in the so I think it's the top four of the U.S. guys that go four yes. or five. So the two guys right now that are in the top four that have already openly talked about not going. DJ Brooks. I mean, that draw from that what you what you will. <laughs> if I'm DJ, I don't get within a hundred yards of a needle for the rest of my life if I don't have to. Yeah. Good. Good. Who knows what's left over in his system, even if he's totally clean. That's true. <clears throat> okay. You, you said a name that I forgot. I forgot that Patrick Reed played last time. Mm. So until. Further notice, those are just going to be the four that I hope make it. Give me JT, Webb, Tiger, and Patrick Reed. And that is an amazing team uh, from multiple levels to send to the Olympics. I'll give you another pairing for the Celebrity Golf Tournament next next year, uh, depending on what happens with the court cases, and that's Patrick Reed and Harvey Weinstein would be a fucking beautiful pairing at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am next year and right on brand. I thought you were going to say Patrick Reed and the CEO of TJ Maxx, whoever that may be. Damn it. Can you edit that and go back? All right, that's good, too. I like that a lot. Okay. We didn't have anything to talk about, yet we're 15 minutes in before we get to Riv. Um, We'll we'll touch on it briefly. Uh, There's not a whole lot more to talk about. I do want to say I'm thinking about this. Don't Don't hold this opinion over my head. But as of right now, I'm leaning towards Riviera being arguably the best non-major tournament of the year. Um, great course, great history, great field, everything you want, primetime, West Coast time slot. I'm not the biggest players fan. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other tournaments that would be in front of it for me, non-majors, <clears throat> and I'm having a hard time. This is a great tournament. Everything about it I love. Very excited to watch it. I'm going to be – I'm going to be on vacation this weekend, so I don't know how much of it I'm going to get to watch. I'm kind of upset about where, it. Where are you going? Where are you going? I'm going to uh, Whistler and going skiing with my wife heading out on Thursday. So I'm going to miss that, but I'll be up there on the, the correct time zone, so maybe the you know the stars will align and I could watch some of it. But odds are I won't be watching very much of it at all, which is kind of unfortunate, but I will keep up with it on my phone. Um, and You might need to get that... That new Instagram thing is to get your wife to wear a bikini or underwear or something and go out there and hit a golf ball in the snow. I mean, I don't know why people are doing it, but I've seen at least 
40 different people do that. So it might be something you, you should think about. Are you, you, say, can do it are you saying you want to see my wife in a bikini? You, <laughs> you can do it. I, I'm fine with you doing it too. It just seems like, you know, it's, 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 it's something that's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, going in front of that little butterfly sculpture, you know, you, you, you got to do it. Okay. Not going to happen, but we'll go on to Riv, uh, fats. What are we looking forward to this week? Tell me about it. Just, you've already touched on it. An unbelievable field. Nine of the top 10, the only top 10 guy who's not here is my best friend, Webb Simpson. I I don't remember the number off the top of my head. It's 40-something of the top 50 players in the world. Really, the only guy who is missing that I think would be super competitive and a great fit is Fleetwood. I don't know what he's been up to. I don't even know that he's played very much on uh, the Euro Tour lately. I hope he's not hurt. I hope everything's good with Tommy. But he's really the only guy that's missing from this week. Uh, Riviera, par 71, it's a deceptively long. The scorecard yardage is a little over 7,300 yards, but three par fives, one is barely 500 yards. And then hole 10, which is one of everyone's favorite holes in the entire world of golf, short par four. So with some of the par fives, or the three par fives, a couple of them being short, and then a couple par fours on the really short side it's deceptive when you look at the total yardage. There's just seven or eight monster par fours that just kill these guys. Uh, the course has played to a scoring average over par for each of the last 10 years. If you look at just the cut line the last four years, it's been even plus two, even and even. So you're looking at a cut around even, one over, and even... Even in good weather, the winning scores have not just been insurmountable. You don't have guys going super low here. The last four years, the winning scores 14 under, 12 under, 17 under, and 15 under. So it you've got a great field. You've got a scorable but tough course that will keep the leaderboard very bunched. And... Just hope that enough of these big names are around going into the weekend that we just have a great Saturday and Sunday. I, I did not watch much of the tournament at all last week. I will be watching every single second that I can get my eyeballs on this week. I love Riviera. I love this tournament. And this is this is the start of just a monster stretch of golf. Going into the WGC Mexico next tweet, which I love that course. Then we're going to get to the Florida swing with some courses I like before we work our way to uh, the players and to Augusta. So I'm I'm just really excited for golf in general, really excited for this tournament. With the field being so strong, I, I'll go pretty heavy on DraftKings this week, but I will not go overboard betting, just trying to bet outrights for a couple reasons. One, uh, there aren't, there aren't, too many values that just leap off the page at me looking at some of these numbers. And then also is I, I just want to watch and enjoy this tournament without worrying so much about having any kind of rooting interest. I mean, if I've got a guy who's there on the weekend that I've got a outright bet on, then I'll be pulling for him, but I'm going to enjoy this tournament, whether I have a cent riding on it or not, just to run down some of the numbers and some of the betting favorites. The betting favorite is Rory at the very top. It's seven and a half to one. You've got JT next at eight to one. Rom at nine to one. DJ at twelve to one, and then Tiger at sixteen to one. So I will be avoiding 
all five of those at the very top. Tiger, at, he's hosting the tournament this week. I'm sure he has some distractions that come along with that. Riviera, you would think it would be a perfect fit for him, and he plays well here, but he's never won here. And it would be just a storybook ending for him to get win 83 at Riviera, a tournament he's hosting, and the course that he's played the most often and never won. I, it would be beautiful, but I'm not going to bet him at 16 to 1. DJ at 12 to 1, as well as he has played at Riviera. I, if you're looking at a guy at the top, that is the the best number, in my opinion. But I just think compared to you look at DJ's recent results compared to Rom JT Rory, uh, I just think that those guys who are, if you want to consider those handful of guys in the elite tier, the other three are playing so well that I I just would be off of DJ. From a DraftKings perspective, if I was going to go that high, I would go all the way up to Rory at the top just because the guys don't like to play the most expensive guy in the field a lot of times. And I I just like Rory a tad more. I, I would go Rory 1, Rom 2, and then I would avoid JT, DJ, Tiger. The first two guys that I am going to bet are going to be the next two guys. I, I will bet Cantlay at 20-1. to 1, and I would bet Xander at 22 to 1. Both perfect fits for this course. They're both very good on POA. Uh, both very good around the green. And it's similar to the Farmers from a couple of weeks ago where this course is going to play very long. The fairways are very hard to hit. So you're going to want to bomb it off the tee because no one's going to be hitting these fairways. But hitting out of Kakuya Rough with a shorter iron is going to give you a big advantage over a guy like a Kucher or um, a Duffner, someone who's hitting it 285, 290, and they're 20, 30 yards behind you coming into these greens. So around the green is going to be very important. Putting on Poe, very important. The approach is always important. The two kind of mid-range guys that I like the most and that I will also bet are Patrick Reed at 40 to 1 and Colin Morikawa at 50 to 1. Those are the four guys that I know for sure that I will bet. And they may be the only four that I bet. So Cantley 20 to 1, Xander 22 to 1, Reed at 40 to 1, Morikawa at 50 to 1. They all hit it long enough without being just total bombers, but they all hit their long irons very well. All four of them very good around the green. All four of them putt very well on POA. So Morikawa gives me a little pause, just this being his first time here, but he should be a picture-perfect fit for this course. And at 50-1, to 1, I I think that he is um, very undervalued compared to some of the guys ahead of him. There are a couple other numbers or a couple guys that I'll, I would consider. I'm just not going to play them. Bubba wins every other year. He, he wins in the even years. He won in 2014, 2016, 2018. He's played great his last two times out at Farmers and the Waste Management. I'll be happy for Bubba if he wins, but I can't bet him at 20 to 1, um, which is probably dumb. But I, looking at him compared to Cantley, compared to Xander, even compared to Finau, I like all three of them better than Bubba this week. 
the only other I mean, none of these other numbers really uh I mean they're interesting. I'm not gonna bet them, but I don't know, just for anyone listening, they may be curious about them. Like Speeth at fifty to one, Justin Rose at forty to one. Uh, Rose at forty to one seems like an outlier when you look at some of the other guys in his skill set and guys uh, that you would consider in his tier of golfer. He's played well here. He just hasn't played that well recently. But it's not going to surprise anyone if he does play well here. Uh, Hideki and Adam Scott, 28-1, to they both played great here. I don't think either of them will make enough putts to win. And then Adam Scott, he won his last time out in Australia, but this is his first tournament that he's played in weeks, if not months. I don't like playing guys off of that off of that long of a layoff. So statistically, he's a great fit here. I won't play him just because of the layoff. Um, really, I guess the only big name that I haven't mentioned is Brooks, which he's, he's flying very under the radar. He's 22 to 1. He's priced down in the low 9,000s on DraftKings. I mean, he's, he's $2,200 less than Rory, and Rory just passed Brooks for the number one spot in the world rankings this week. I will be interested. I won't, I won't bet Brooks. I won't play him on DraftKings. But I will be watching him this week to see how he plays uh, because I, nobody's seen him in forever. I, I know we played in some of the Middle East tournaments, but I didn't watch very much of them and didn't see very much of him. I So I'm curious to see how Brooks plays this week. Um, and hopefully he's getting healthy and playing better because I will definitely be interested in him once we get back on Bermuda in the Florida swing. So I just want to see how healthy he looks. I know I pretty much went through a bunch of names and, and covered all of the big names because this field is so good that there are so many guys, <clears throat> excuse me, so many guys worth talking about. Not going to surprise me if any of these guys in the top 15, top 20 guys in this field win. I just hope we've got eight or 10 of them there on Sunday and just have a great final round. Yeah, that's good. Good breakdown, Steve. Uh, you got any? You want to do one and dones and winners now, or what do you think? Uh, are we still making uh, Jay's pick first since he uh, jumped out to such an early lead on us? I, I, I don't think I caught him at all last week. We kind of broke even. That's fine. I'd love to pick first. I'll, and I'll throw you a couple guys. By the way. You mentioned every single guy in the entire field, Fat. So, um, but I just jumped out to me that uh, you get forty to one on um, on uh, Justin, Justin Rose. Rose to win a golf tournament. You take him whenever you can, and um, I think I know it's kind of out of the blue. There's no reason for this, but this place just makes me like Matthew Wolf. Um, you know, he's a bomber. He's got that wedge game. You know, I know he hadn't put it together, but he's a winner. He's won one already on tour. I, that's a long shot I could I could see possibly happening. It's 125 to 1 is what I'm seeing. And obviously, it's a loaded field. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Matthew Wolf. That would be an awesome, awesome introduction for him on the, on the sort of big stage of the PGA Tour. So, all right, who's picking what? I'll go ahead and pick. Um... I'm going between two players. I have my eye on Jason Day a lot this year. I think Jason Day is playing well. I just can't ever trust him with his health. Um, Unfortunately, I've already 
he's not playing in this field and I've already picked him, or I'd be back on Daniel Berger's train after the way he's trending fast. I know you're going to have your eye on him in weeks to come. Um, but this, I'm going to go, why would I go against Bubba? Uh, this is a Bubba course. Bubba plays, what is Bubba won? Four times here? I mean, it's just some huge number. Bubba, three, right? Bubba has amassed basically all of his wins on three courses. He plays good at Bubba courses. Um, I don't want to pick him at any of the only, I mean, there's the Travelers coming up. I think he's won there three or four times. Masters, he's won twice. Um, gonna, that's the only three tournaments I'd pick him in. So I'm going to go ahead and just pick him this week, I guess. Um, kind of want to pick Day, but I'm going to pick uh, Bubba in my one and done. And I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me if Rom or Rory won. I have no real good thought on who's going to win it, but I'm going to pick Bubba this week in my one and done. I think there's no way he doesn't make the cut. Um, and he might win it. Got as good a chance as anybody, in my opinion. So that's my pick, one and done wise. All right, one and done. I was gonna take uh, uh, Bubba all the way. You bastard! I mean, there's just no reason for me to. I can't catch you if I take the same guy. Can so you take the... the same guy? Is that allowed in one and done leagues? Fats. We need a ruling on I mean, this. It it is. It's something that we should have talked about ahead of time. Um, it's frowned upon. Uh, well, and I, it's also I'm one not of gonna take him. But we should have. We also should have determined like the order that we should be picking every week if we don't want to allow. Duplicates, but we can figure that out going forward. Maybe it's leader picks like, or what? Yeah. Uh, you need. Uh, do you have it just written down on something, or you got a spreadsheet or something? We'll no, I got a spreadsheet out. keeping it up. Yeah. Shoot, shoot that over to us this week because I got no freaking clue anymore. But give me JB Holmes. Give me the uh, annoying guy in LA. I'll take that as my one and done. And give me Tiger to win. Oh, I just, I just, I would, I just, may, it would just. It would I'm be cheering. great. It would. I would love it. There's, there's nothing, you know, Valentine's Day for us married guys, Jace. It's not really that romantic of a holiday, but boy, uh, watching uh, Tiger Woods win his 83rd golf tournament at this tournament would, uh, man, it would really, uh, it would be a sexy moment for me alone on my couch. If you know what I'm saying. I forgot all about Valentine's coming up this weekend. I missed so many opportunities to say that that is why Webb is not playing in the tournament this week because we've got a nice romantic vacation planned for this weekend and he just couldn't make it. I am trying to decide between Tony Finau and John Rahm for my one-and-done pick. I I think there will be more spots later on in the year that, I mean, Rahm, you could play him any single week that he's in a tournament. So I'll go ahead and take Finau this week. Uh, so Steve has JB Holmes, Jace has Bubba, and I will take Tony Finau. Safe to say Webb's wife has him at a nice farm-to-table restaurant somewhere on the uh, East Coast somewhere celebrating Valentine's. Uh, just just doing it right, having a sitter that they've had forever, um, watching their kids. They probably overpay them. No telling what they pay them. I mean, there's just no th- – what do you think of – what do you think – Webb does fats as the resident web expert. What do you think Webb will be doing on Valentine's Day? Because obviously that's the reason he's not playing. Webb is not I, the kind of guy that not celebrate Valentine's with his wife. It it makes perfect sense. I um let's see. So it's on a Friday. Webb is going to they're they're going to an early dinner. Mm-hmm. So they're 6-15. getting somewhere around 
Yeah, I, I was thinking six six thirty, mm-hmm. because by the time they get out, they're going to. I don't even know what movies are out, but they're going to go to like a nice late nine o'clock movie, and and they're gonna stay out late. Like I doubt Webb stays out much past eleven very often. So he's gonna go to a nice movie. They're gonna catch like some Oscar winner from this past weekend, probably some foreign language film that no one that he's gonna sit in a theater with forty people and um, have a great discussion on the drive home about the movie. Um, Over tip the sitter when they get home, and then they're in bed by eleven forty-five. Okay. All right. That's good. I like that. Can I give you another PGA Tour players of uh, Valentine? Please. Okay. Please. All right. <clears throat> uh, Patrick Reed and Justine. Um, Patrick will be putting until dark for sure. And then he'll come home, uh, pick her up. They'll head out to a uh, neighborhood restaurant, mid priced. They're not going to go find dining. She doesn't like anything over the top. She's going to ask for sauce on the side. They're going very well. They're gonna complain um, about what table they were sat at, for sure. Uh, the manager is gonna the manager is gonna comp them dessert. Then she's gonna complain about the dessert. It's fine. Then they're gonna go to a movie. Agreed. That's a good second stop for them. They're gonna go see Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, they're gonna they're gonna buy the large Coke, but bring in a red Solo cup to split it because you get free refills on that large. And um, you know, on the way out, uh, Justine's gonna pick a fight with some random uh, teenage girl, and they're gonna have sex in his car on the way home before they uh, get back. I, I got to be honest with you. It sounds like a perfect white trash Valentine's Day to me. Why did we not open with what PGA golfers are going to do for Valentine's? Because I could, we could literally do this forever. What, what do what you set DJ the odds at? What, what are DJ and Paulina going to do? I was I mean, going to say Coke for one. What are the odds if I had to put? I mean, would you say minus one twenty-five that Brooks's socialite girlfriend has a? hashtag of Nobu at some point in time in Los Angeles this week with Brooks on a Friday night. That's probably the most cliche place that she could go uh, eat do for you, their Valentine's Day. Do you think Brooks was relieved that the <laughs> golf tournament was in Los Angeles on Valentine's weekend? Or was he like, shit, when he saw that that was where <laughs> the tournament fell? Oh, there's no telling. They'll be out with all the celebs. She'll be posting. Brooks? Brooks doesn't play in any golf tournament that he doesn't want to play in. So I'm guessing possibly this weekend that his girlfriend is out of town for some reason. Um, otherwise, they'll be, like you said, Nobu's a good stop for them. Um, so Valentine's Day is a Friday. So I got to be honest with you. You got to watch Brooks in his first round. It wouldn't surprise me. He might try to tank it and miss the cut just to party all weekend. I mean, I was thinking miss cut watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did that in Dubai. I mean, it was, it was, uh, a, a big rave for him all weekend. He doesn't really care. Mm. He, he, it's not a major. Why, why should he care to win? You know, 
So I um I like that. What? Give me another. How many, uh, how many my, cheese my Tony in and out burgers? Done pick. My my Tony Fina one and done pick is is feeling better because he's just such a nice, strong Mormon man. Like he's not getting into any trouble <laughs> in Los Angeles. I'm sure he's going to have a great Valentine's Day and Valentine's night, and that is just going to propel him into just a great weekend performance. Mm-hmm. I could see Bubba doing uh, like a local In-N-Out burger type, you know, funny situation uh, for his his Valentine's Day. Um, Hitting an In-N-Out burger off a tee with a pink driver, you know, something in the parking lot, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. I'm trying to, I don't know that I can think of any other. What? Where? Where's Bryson going to eat uh, Valentine's? What kind oh. of little little girl does he got? I'm sure he's got him an LA girl. Well, Bryson's going down to the UCLA heart cardio surgery department, <laughs> and he's going to say, "Look, this is uh, Valentine's Day, uh, and I know everybody wants to talk about you know sweethearts. My sweetheart is learning how the heart works. He'll come out of that energized and." probably able to control his heartbeat on pressure putts even better than he's currently able to. Mm. Yeah. We should have led with Valentine's Day. I thought there's some great stuff in there if we could have thought about it a little bit longer. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't. So, sorry to bury well, you that just let podcast. me talk about it for four or five hours and just bleed me out on the <laughs> podcast like you did last week. And going back to the discussion we had from the President's Cup wife and girlfriend discussion i i may be reconsidering that xander bet at 22 to 1 because xander is going to be tired come saturday and sunday uh, all right well is it time for our weekly frank martin update yes it's, I mean, it's I mean, definitely time i'm getting tired right now so let's get the let's right, get the basketball right, that, over with so right, what was the frank martin I, I sent this to you guys earlier i got one more thing but what was the There's, frank martin his players were getting their hands on balls. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. He said, "My players are, uh, you know, they're always just grabbing balls when they're out there." And he, then he stopped the press conference. He said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, I probably shouldn't have said that." <laughs> and he made it forty-five times more awkward by like stopping the press conference. But uh, I don't think it was the same press conference. It was after our press. Con- uh, I'm sorry, after our practice this week, and they asked him about being on the bubble because Carolina has wins over Kentucky and Virginia on the road and Arkansas on the road. It's bizarre. We also lost to Boston and Stetson. Um, they say, uh, "What do you think about you guys being on the bubble for the NCAA tournament?" <clears throat> Martin says, "Who cares?" Really, seriously, who cares in the first week of February whether you're in, out, bubble, blew up? Who cares? Bubblicious. Blow your bubble. Who cares? At the end of the day, there's a day in March where the teams get picked and the ones that belong are going to get in. You you think Bubblicious has ever been uh, said in a press conference before? uh, Just what a beautiful man he is. Uh, The only Miami club bouncer to throw the word bubblicious around. Uh, Fats, I saw, did y'all have another overtime last second <laughs> another, shot win? Another overtime game 
the I don't know how all these computer nerds come up with their stuff, but according to Ken Palm's luck ranking, however that is determined, we're number, number one, one in the we're number one in the country in that. Which I don't know what all goes into that, but whatever it does, like it's spitting out the correct answer because we have to be the luckiest team in the country. Either that, or we're just a bunch of winners. Like we just know how to win close games. We just drag these teams into the deep waters and drown them and just somehow come out victorious. Steve talked about the, whatever, the win probability percentage from the Super Bowl and then from the election and from different stuff. At, at some point in three, I think three of Auburn's last four games, they've been at 95% or greater to lose and then somehow have won all of them. But we'd be Kentucky, Arkansas, and LSU, which were the second, third, and fourth teams in the SEC in the last three games. Alabama's fifth. We play them tomorrow. Need to get revenge off that turd we laid earlier this year and then go to Mizzou this week and keep it rolling. Yeah, every time I watch, they're winning in overtime. So I, I, whatever uh, Kenneth Pomeroy came up with, I agree with them because maybe they're just a team they're of destiny. The, That's how I choose to view it. They may be there. I have no idea how that. I think they're twenty-one and two now. That is not a twenty-one and two team. I, I have a lot of fun with it on the pod, and they are. I mean, they they just keep winning close games, and eventually that becomes a habit. Like there's something to be said for that. Uh, eventually, it is no longer a flute. Like some teams just perform better and handle that pressure better than others. I don't know how. I can't explain it, but they keep winning those games. So I am going to keep enjoying it. Um, yep, Tech beat TCU by like 40-something last night, peaking at the right time in February, just like last I think, year. I think you hit a couple of threes last <laughs> night, didn't you? I think so. This is not a team that anybody wants to play in the tournament. Uh, not going to win it, not going to go to the national championship game again, but not a team somebody wants to draw in the second round. I don't care who they are. Uh, going to be gonna be good, going to be a fun. Hopefully you're getting a good draw and can actually make a run, but either way uh- – not going to want to play Tech in the second round. If Auburn somehow ended up a two or a three seed, I do not want Tech on that 6, 7, 10, 11 line. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want any part of them in the second round. No. So we'll see. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. Hopefully, hopefully all three of our schools uh, make the tournament. I know there's some bubble teams. Steve, are you wearing a Jordan Spieth hat? Uh, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I just now noticed that. I was like looking at you, and I was trying to figure out that was. I didn't know you were wearing a actual Jordan Speed hat over there, so that's good to know. Anyways, so I got a lot of stuff, man. Okay. Well, Well, you know, you guys got anything else? Are we done? Uh, We'll do our yeah. We'll do our regular clothes. So, uh, (laughs) uh, golfers uh, in the top. uh, World golf rankings, what they're going to do on Valentine's Day. Roy McElroy, he's going to go kick a soccer ball around and probably, you know, see the agent.